This is live coverage from ABC News, the inauguration of President Joe Biden. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. This is America's day. This is democracy's day. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. We must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue. The office of President of the United States. Office of President of the United States. I will be a president for all Americans. All Americans. And will, to the best of my ability, will, to the best of my ability. I will fight as hard for those who did not support me as for those who did. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. I will defend the Constitution. I'll defend our democracy. I'll defend America. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. Live from Washington, here is ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky. Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th president, urging a fractured country to abandon what he called an uncivil war and embrace his vision of unity. We can do great things, important things. We can right wrongs. We can put people to work in good jobs. We can teach our children in safe schools. We can overcome the deadly virus. The oldest man ever to assume the presidency cast himself as the leader of a fresh start for a nation in need of healing. We'll press forward with speed and urgency, for we have much to do in this winter of peril and significant possibilities. President Biden delivered his inaugural address from the same platform overrun by a mob that stormed the Capitol bent on stopping him. We've learned again that democracy is precious. Democracy is fragile. And at this hour, my friends, democracy has prevailed. Biden did not mention his predecessor, and President Trump did not mention him as he left Washington and spurned the customary handoff. Have a good life. We will see you soon. The new administration began with Vice President Kamala Harris. I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. The duties of the office upon which I am about to enter. She made history as the nation's highest ranking woman. Please raise your white hand. And then took her place in the Senate to swear in two new Democrats and just tip the balance of power. President Biden walked up to the White House and set to work. And I thought with the state of the nation today, is no time to waste. With a series of executive actions on the pandemic, immigration, climate change, and racial equality, a workmanlike start. It was left to the youngest ever inaugural poet, Amanda Gorman, to stir Americans' emotions. Our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. Amanda Gorman of Los Angeles at 22, the youngest inaugural poet. She wrote The Hill We Climb for today's occasion. And now the new president is getting ready to head to the Lincoln Memorial for a celebration. Not the usual inaugural balls, but a mainly virtual gala hosted by Tom Hanks. 
So we begin at the White House and ABC's Karen Travers. Good evening, Karen. Good evening, Aaron. This was the biggest day of Joe Biden's political career. I mean, the culmination of decades of public service. And it was striking to hear him in his inaugural address make the point that this isn't about just him, that this is about the American people coming together in this time of great crisis, unprecedented challenges that are facing, that the government is facing, that the American people are facing. But his theme was unity and that with with unity, America can do great things. He said important things. It can bring us forward and allow this country to meet the moment. He was very sober, though, Aaron, as he acknowledges some of those big challenges, the COVID pandemic, the economic crisis, and those deep divisions that this country is facing right now. But there was also a celebratory aspects to the day, too. There were so many moments where you just watched Joe Biden, and even the times where he had a mask on, Aaron, you got the sense of the emotion he was feeling, whether it was a, a twinkle in his eye and a little bit of a smile or maybe a welling up a little bit as he took in the scene for the first time as he stood on the North Portico steps at the White House and looked out over the North Lawn as he's steps away from walking into the White House for the first time as president. Uh, we just finished a briefing with the press secretary, Jen Psaki, a few moments ago, and she said that he felt calm coming into the White House today, uh, that she spent a lot of time with him and that he felt a sense of some joy and that in many respects it, it, he was coming home. He spent eight years here serving as Barack Obama's vice president, but this is different. Now you're stepping into the main role, stepping into the spotlight, and she said he is very eager to get to work. So a little bit of celebration tonight, music, fireworks, and fun, uh, but he already started the actual business and he's going to get back at it very early tomorrow morning. And there's a lot to work on. He took the oath of office one year to the day. The United States States confirmed its first case of coronavirus. Today, there are more than 400,000 Americans dead. And you pressed Jen Psaki a couple of times on the president's COVID relief bill and whether he can get it done. He announced a proposal for a $1.9 trillion COVID relief measure, an incredibly ambitious, very aggressive, and very expensive package. He can't do it alone, of course. You need Congress to do that. Uh, so I asked her if he's invited congressional leaders to sit down and talk about this, because he's got to get moving. He, they've made it clear he wants to get moving, but all roads lead through uh, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and Kevin McCarthy. So when's he going to do that? And she said that... Jensaki said that he's been having conversations with Republicans and Democrats since long before he was sworn in today. Uh, but she did say she expects he's going to be picking up the phone in the coming days and having more of those conversations when he's going to actually sit down with congressional leaders in person. She said soon. I asked her what role he should we expect should expect him to play in these negotiations, because, you know, one thing we heard a lot today from some of the members of Congress is how Joe Biden's one of them. He didn't come from the House side, but he has decades of experience in the Senate. So they still think of him as a Senate guy, as they like to say in Washington. She said he will be quite involved in these conversations. He will be very deeply involved in the negotiations because this is his top priority. Now, she did say he's not the only one. There will be a whole team of senior staff working on it. But I think the Biden team is really hoping to capitalize on his uh, 36 years in the Senate, the relationships he's built, and just knowing his way around legislation and that building to figure out how to get this priority across the finish line. 
ABC's Karen Travers, our White House correspondent, as President Biden and Vice President Harris prepare for their Celebration of America gala to uh, not only celebrate their ascendancy into office, but to the peaceful transfer of power that occurred two weeks after a riotous mob attacked the Capitol. We're joined tonight by our political director, Rick Klein. Everything went off without a hitch. The new administration is, is up and running. And while politicians, Rick, always say they want unity, there did seem to be something particularly urgent in Joe Biden's tone today. Yeah, it's interesting, Aaron, because I I don't feel like a lot of people think of Joe Biden as capturing a mandate. He wins the election probably because he he wasn't. Uh, But it does seem like he is trying to build a mandate. And that gets to the deal making window being open at this moment. Uh, the, the, the sense of, of, of unity at this moment, his party in control of the House, now control of the Senate, uh, his public opinion polls uh, fair, doing fairly well. The Republican Party divided uh, with this impeachment trial set to start, but still a few days away. Donald Trump at a low point politically. It, it creates a sweet spot and, and maybe a rare one in Washington. And Joe Biden has been around long enough to recognize how rare it is that he's looking to, to, to get some things done and thinks that if you can build on these urgent priorities, starting with COVID-19, extending through the economy and through other issues, including the environment and immigration, then you can start to actually govern. And uh, the pieces are in place at this moment, despite everything, despite the the shell-shocked Washington of the Trump years, despite that assault on the Capitol, you could actually see through through the the speech today and the blueprint laid out by the the new Biden White House, a a way to, to, to build a governing agenda. And he did seem eager to get going. I want to bring in ABC's Mark Remillard, who was there in Lafayette Park across from the White House as the new president a couple of times jogged toward his new home. Yeah, Aaron, you know, it was perhaps the one moment today, uh, maybe up until tonight, when the the vice president and the president got to take a lap and bask in what they had just done. Uh, We've talked plenty about how there were no crowds at the inauguration, that they didn't get to maybe relish in the ceremony the same way other presidents had in the past. Uh, And then, of course, that first stop was a very somber one at Arlington. But this walk down the flag-draped Pennsylvania Avenue uh, was maybe that moment. Uh, And so out of the motorcade, President Biden walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, escorted by members of the military, a drumline from his alma mater, the University of Delaware. He walked alongside the First Lady at one point, running to the sideline, uh, greeting some people, uh, some of the few that had gathered there. It may have been a reporter. Uh, It was hard to tell. But uh, from there, then it was on to the White House for the first time as as president of the United States. And, and Aaron, just a few moments after that, Vice President Kamala Harris got her moment walking down Pennsylvania Avenue alongside her husband, holding her daughter's hand. And she waved to reporters in, in the big media risers. And there was this great moment where uh, she was asked, what's your first job? As obviously she's walking down uh, as the vice president, she quipped, I'm walking to work. She right away got to work, especially in the United States Senate, taking her place to swear in the new Democrats from Georgia and her replacement from California, ever so slightly tipping the balance of power in favor of the Democrats. ABC's Molly Nagel joins us now. Uh, Joe Biden, though, is going to have to summon all of his political skill to get through what he wants. That's right. He's really going to face a challenge here. He's coming in with a lot of ambitious policy agendas being being proposed all at once we we talked about that 
uh, nearly $2 trillion COVID plan that Karen was talking about earlier. Uh, that has been a priority for Biden. He signaled that even before he took that oath of office, but he also took other action today. He introduced a comprehensive immigration bill. This is a sweeping measure that would give an eight-year pathway to citizenship uh, for those here in the country illegally as of January 1st of this year, as well as take a very different approach uh, to the issue that uh, really animated so much of the president of pre the former president uh, Trump's administration. So this is going to be uh, these are two major efforts that he's going to have to work across the aisle. And of course, this is something that he pitched as a strength of his during the campaign. He talked about being a bipartisan deal maker and somebody who had a record of getting big legislation done uh, by working across the aisle. But this is where the rubber meets the road. He's really going to face challenges here as he heads into this administration and, and starts to work with Congress all while they're dealing with this looming Senate impeachment trial, uh, you know, that he talks about bringing unity to the country and bringing the country together. But this is going to be a challenge he's going to face in the early days of his administration, particularly when he's looking to make progress on these big promises to get relief to the American people. ABC's Molly Nagel. It does seem, though, that the, the new president is not eager to confront the question of whether his predecessor should be impeached. ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts is with us. We heard a short while ago from Jen Psaki, the new press secretary, who seemed to rather avoid the, the, the question when pressed a couple of times about whether Biden believes President Trump should be convicted by the Senate. Well, it didn't seem that way. It did, was that way. She she ducked the question three times. Um, and we've known this already, that uh, Joe Biden um, is not the least bit interested, in my view, and I think they've made it very clear, in the impeachment uh, process. Uh, it's been forced on Democrats in some ways by the grassroots uh, uh, activists who are so angry and, and, and with good reason at, at the events of the Capitol two weeks ago. Uh, but Biden takes a longer view of things. Uh, for one thing, um, impeachment uh, would consume a great deal of time in the Senate. He wants to get going quickly, as my f colleagues have just pointed out. Um, but if the Senate is focused on impeachment, that's time they're not spent um, reviewing his cabinet appointments. It's time they're not spent beginning negotiations on a COVID bill. Uh, it, it's time not spent building relationships across party lines, because the larger point is, for all the talk about unity, and I do think I agree with Rick Klein that there's at least a, a, a brief window here. A Republican leader, uh, Mitch McConnell, has signaled that he's ready for the Donald Trump uh, uh, era to end. He's ready uh, to talk to his old friend, as he keeps referring to Joe Biden. After all, they spent many years together in the Senate. But impeachment would immediately reopen those wounds. Impeachment would immediately inject a highly partisan and divisive issue into the middle of the Senate at the precise moment when Joe Biden wants to avoid that. So the timing for him in terms of his agenda and his priorities is terrible. Uh, and so it's not uh, surprising that uh, the White House is ducking every question about impeachment and wants to make sure that there are no Biden fingerprints on impeachment, wants to make sure that um, Republicans in the Senate do not blame Joe Biden for introducing this highly divisive issue, because if he were to be behind it, it would undermine right from the beginning any possibility he has of working with Republicans, and that's something he desperately wants to do. Jen Psaki said from the briefing uh, room, he wants a bipartisan bill 
on COVID relief. You can't have that if the Senate is fractured, Aaron. ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts, and I want to pull Ann Compton, our White House correspondent emeritus, into the conversation. Biden is someone who knows the pain of loss and failure. Uh, He offered nothing today but his commitment to restore America and work as hard for those who didn't support him as for those who did. Absolutely right. And the tough part for him now is these are all long-term challenges. He can be quick out of the gate today. But in 100 days, will wearing masks make a real difference in the pandemic, which seems to be at its peak? Six months, will he be able to get economic damage really being repaired in the economy? And, of course, the violent political divide in this country has been decades in the making. And he did say to the 74 million Americans who opposed him, hear me out. But all of these are long, protracted problems. How does he keep the momentum going? And how does he keep Americans believing that he can make a difference? Aaron? ABC News White House correspondent emeritus Ann Compton with us as President Biden and Vice President Harris get set to move toward the Lincoln Memorial for a celebratory gala at the end of a long day of inaugural ceremonies. ABC's Alex Stone, this is where President-elect Biden began the inaugural ceremonies with a memorial service in memory of the 400,000 coronavirus victims illuminating the the Lincoln Memorial reflecting pool. He returns there now with a a much different mood tonight. Well, he does. This will be more uh, celebrating uh, this day and and what it means. And it is very quiet here tonight. And and that is a best-case scenario. There were so many worries about what would unfold today. In the end, the the streets were were pretty empty. This woman uh, lives nearby. A little relieved. A lot of stress is going to go away now hopefully well a lot of people saying that today and at the moment of president biden swearing in this uh, was the sound on, in capitol hill neighborhoods yeah, some celebration already some of the boards are coming down from buildings that covered windows the bridge is open here tomorrow morning aaron abc's alex stone who was on the streets of washington which were very cr- quiet during the inauguration by design with 25,000 National Guard troops and another 10,000 federal officers on duty. Some of those troops do remain here in Washington for the foreseeable future, uh, as the authorities are still concerned about the fallout from the, the Capitol riot. But President Biden's inauguration was quiet, went off as designed, and as he looked out on the National Mall, instead of American citizens celebrating, he did see 200,000 American flags planted in the ground, waving in the cold breeze representing those people who could not be in Washington either because of the pandemic or because now of the security situation. I'm Aaron Katursky, and you're listening to live coverage from ABC News. ABC News, honored winner of four Edward R. Murrow Awards. ABC News, America's number one news choice. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. 